Welcome, everyone, to Ultra 64 Wii Universe. We are the Internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast oh, each and every week. you just said Wii so many times. <laughs> Wii, Wii, we are, are the Wii. We are the Wii. We are we're the like children. The, we're like the, the, the tiny little pig. We are. We, we yeah. go Wii, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U, Wii U all the way home. <laughs> I'm feeling like the smallest toe on a foot right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we are the Internet's comprehensive Wii U podcast. We are playing every single game in the North American physical release. There's so many uh, addendums we need to we, put we, on it. Yeah, we'll stop doing that after the... There's going to be two tests of this podcast. Yes. So one is how many episodes do we go before Steve has can stop putting those addendums? Yes. And the second one is how many episodes do we go before I stop complaining about having to play with the Wii U game pad? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be today. Oh, no, uh, sure I, I, as heck not. Something about the game we played today kind of made me feel like uh, we <laughs> might still have some gripes with the Wii U gamepad. Uh, welcome, welcome. Where, Thank this, you. This is, yeah, we were, nice we were saying, here. this has been a, a weirdly long time between recordings for us. Like, <laughs> yeah. like lots of different changes have some, occurred, and yeah, yeah. Somehow the idea of taking a month off um, seemed appealing when we sort of realized we were approaching the end of the Nintendo 64, and then it, it felt like a strangely very, very long month. It was a, <laughs> it was a busy month, yeah. There was a lot going on this month, but uh, somehow when you do, have, when you have a routine that continues over the course of three years and then you break that routine you're just like what the hell is going on (laughs) turns out that was the linchpin and then everything just fell apart when we stopped doing the show consistently (laughs) that was it that was it uh but you know we're uh we're all settled now i think we're back into the swing of things um i I feel like it's these these sort of average slash below average games that really feel settled yeah, it's, it's like these are the heart of the show. It's like, oh yes, I remember what most video games are like. Right, like, right, yeah. It's like you know we play Nintendo Land, which isn't like super great, but it was pleasant and yeah. fun. And it's a Nintendo game. It's highly uh, polished yep. and and good. And then Shovel Knight is wonderful, yep. which we both played last week. Now we're playing something <laughs> a little like a month ago. Like I'm, yeah, like I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, but but now we're playing something a little less pleasant, but. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into that, I'm curious. What are you? Uh, what are you playing elsewise? Elsewhere? <laughs> sure. Other elsewhere. systems that aren't for, the for non non podcast related reasons. Yeah. What are you playing? Well, you playing? Uh, for for I had I had a weird night last night, and I found myself. Uh, it was the kind of night where you find yourself listening to the song "Reel Around the Fountain" on repeat by the Smiths. Sure. It, yeah. It was that kind of night. We all have those nights. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Um, it just it, the song starts again. You're like, yeah, all right, I'll listen to this again. Um, <laughs> but I decided to cheer myself up, not with the Smiths, but with uh, playing some super nintendo classics mm-hmm. so i decided on playing super smash tv which has long been a favorite of mine yeah and there's i just had some whimsical thoughts about it that like uh you're essentially sacrificing like your health and well-being for i love the way in that game you get toasters yeah like, that's your bonus is toasters and you just win so many toasters and the idea of like you're gonna continue to risk life and limb for more toasters yeah is very funny to me and like quality satire I also think it's very funny in that game that it's like this somewhat bloody violent game and your character has like a foam American Gladiators type moment. (laughs) What's that going to do? I also think that um, the boss of that first uh, sort of world, uh, Mutoid Man, might be the craziest first boss in any game ever. He, he was really distinctive for the yeah, time. And yeah, and well, you, like, destroy him, and you, like, knock off all his limbs, and then you destroy his body, and there's another tiny head inside of his body, which yeah. is catching me by surprise. 
Again with the krangs. We've been encountering yeah. a lot of krangs <laughs> in sure. our uh, in our pursuits recently. <laughs> yeah, the pursuit yeah. of krang. Yeah, starring Will Smith. Um, <laughs> in the other one, after I had uh, had a nice time playing um, Super Smash TV, I for some reason decided that the next game I wanted to play was Clay Fighter Two Judgment Clay. Wow. Um, yeah, which was a real leap. But the thing that I kind of like about that game. I mean, it's not good because it's a clay fighter game, but like it improved. Um, maybe the best clay fighter game. Maybe, I might give it that. It doesn't. It's, it's not as left-handed praise. Just but... like racism as the other ones. There's a lot more. There's a lot of characters that are just very weird. Yeah. Like there's an octopus man and sure. there's a giant baby. And the the character that really stood out to me though, and I'm like, why haven't we seen more of this character? Is a character named Na- Nana Man, and he is like a humanoid banana. So, like, it's oh. not clear to me if he's a banana that's, like, mutated or he's, like, a guy in a banana peel. Like, so he just starts as a banana and then he, like, reveals and his head pops out. And it's unfortunate, like, he's, like, stereotyped. He's got this Jamaican accent and stereotype sure. in that way. But, like, that doesn't come up all that much. But I'm just, like, there's not enough humanoid bananas in video games. Like, I kind of want to see a new, like, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Like, I kind of want to, like, a Clay Fighter Ultimate. Because yeah. you, there's a lot of characters in C2 that you're like, I, why does this character exist? Yeah. But, uh, well, I think it's yeah. obvious it's because they needed uh, a rival for the man whose spoon is too big. And then there's the other character whose anus is bleeding. You know, they had the, they brought in all these Don Hertzfeld characters sure. in the Clay Fighter for a minute. Oh, yeah, okay. There it took me a while to pick up what you're putting down. He does have... A joke there, for one person, there, and there you go. There it is barely a, for you. There is an evil... Uh, every All the evil characters have a palette swap, and the evil Dr. Nana is this purple banana named Dr. Peel Good. <laughs> He's the one they call Dr. Peel Good. Yeah. I like it. The I point like it. is, Clay Fighter 2, Judgment Clay, go out and play it. Go ahead. Drop go everything. Out, go out and clay it right now. I'm sure, right yeah, now. go out and clay... Oh, man. That should have been actually their tagline. Just play yeah. it. Play it. <laughs> anyway, maybe you're playing. You're gonna get game killed. Fighter Two. I don't know. What What have you been playing? Uh, well, I think uh, we're gonna we're gonna. This is gonna be a continuous thread for the next couple of episodes, sure. I think. But I'm still playing Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. Uh, making very good progress I mean, in it. It's a beefy game. Really enjoying it. Uh, I think I might have said this last time, but I do think it might be a uh, a flaw of the game design behind it that like it took me 20 something hours to really kind of get into the game. Yeah. It's pretty slow and it's like, it takes a long time for you to get like powerful. Well, that first level of crawling through the hospital is horrendous. Terrible. Way too long. Spoiler alert. You have to play that level again. Oh really? (laughs) God damn it. Uh, I like, yeah, that's, it's, it's so that that's a very tedious way to start the game. And then it's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, It's just, uh, there's a lot going on, but I'm at a point where I'm like, 30, 40 hours into the game where things are clicking and I'm like taking on more side yeah, missions. Once that game and, clicks, it rocks. And like, I just love sh- going around shooting people. I'm a damn surgeon with that Trank gun. And I'm having a lot of fun with it. I mean, that's the secret in any stealth gun is like, or any stealth game. As soon as you get the Trank gun, like the difficulty just drops like a stone. Yeah. Because yeah. you're like, oh good, I'm actually like, can take care of enemies from a distance now. Yeah. I just, I, I really liked, that felt like the first Metal Gear game where like your extra weird gadgets actually were helpful. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, so many Metal Gear games, the bionic like, arm, and they yeah. had all this other weird a- accompaniment of like decoys and like I always wanted in Metal Gear Solid Three to like throw spiders and snakes on people to oh, distract sure. them, but it never worked. It was always oh. way too hard. But like that kind of stuff is actually doable in five. Can you do that? Can you throw a snake like rats? Uh, on I, people I don't know, but there is like you can collect I mean, rats. Yeah, there's definitely like the decoys and like other air strike. There's like 
so many ways that you can approach solutions to that game, and uh-huh. like they all actually work. They don't yeah. feel like they're just kind of this weird flight of fancy that Kojima had and then threw in the game. As a, as a little extra flavor, so I'm not just saying Metal Gear Solid Five every time. I also I've been kind of going on a, a, a hunting down ROM bender. You know, sure. I've been looking for old ROMs of old games. I like the implication that these are hard to find. They're not hard I, to find, but I mean, I've just been you know you're like raw, Steve Guntley ROM detective. I, that's the way I like to approach it. You know, you, you know? can just download yeah. packs that have them all. Right? I tried. I tried. You, you even showed sure. me how okay. it wasn't working. But you know, I've 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 been doing the more hunt and peck style. I found a copy of uh, one of my favorite bad games as a child, uh, Stargate. Stargate from oh, Sega yeah. Genesis. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is a game that me and my sister played a shitload. One of the like five games that we owned, and so we played it to death. I haven't thought about or touched that game in like <laughs> 20 years, and I just picked it up, and I still have the muscle memory. I still remember where all the secrets in the damn Stargate nice, game are. Nice. And I got so excited by that, like I, I called my sister, and I'm just like, oh my god, I still remember <laughs> where all Stargate. the I remember where all the, the scarabs are and nice. shit, or whatever that movie's about. I think I about. watched uh, or I, I played that game before I even knew what Stargate was. Stargate, I'm still not entirely clear on what Stargate. I know I've seen Stargate. Is Stargate the thing of the lowest quality that has the most content associated with it? Maybe. Like, maybe this is premature, but like. There were like there was a ton of Stargate based content. There were out like there. four different TV series yeah. that are all supposed to be like pretty good, all just based around this very forgettable Roland Emmerich movie. <laughs> okay. Like I, yeah. I don't remember anything about that movie yeah. except that James Spader and Kurt Russell are in it. That's that's all I got. But sure. like, I don't know. Yeah. So it was it was interesting to see that those memories are still there, and it just makes me wonder like, what could I be using that brain space <laughs> yeah. for? Like, why am I saving that little kilobyte of information in the back of my brain? Like, yeah, I don't well, know. Well, I mean, there's when you're a certain age, things just get lodged in the brain and are impossible to de deceit. Yeah, that's what happened to Homer Simpson. You know, yeah. Crayon stuck in his Cran brain. Stuck it was in the whole his brain. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Well, let's move on. Let's talk about the game that we're playing a little bit today. Uh, And this game is coming at a very interesting time for us because over on Patreon.com slash Ultra64Pod, we have another show called Ultra64DD where we're doing a deep dive into uh, a franchise of a a video game. We just wrapped up our three-part series on Contra. Yes. Very fun. We went through every Contra game. And then our patrons voted for our next series, and they voted for James Bond. Yeah. So we, we did not set this up. This game was planned no. pre-votes. No, no, no. Yeah, we announced this game a while ago, and then we just kind of learned that we were going to be playing a lot of Bond games. Uh, a lot uh, of text-based adventure games for the Commodore 64. Hell yeah. Because that's what you want when you Bond. These are the ones I'm most excited <laughs> yeah. about. Like, But yeah, we're going to be like looking real deep into the entire Bond series. But we're starting today with the last Bond game, and it's called 007 right. Legends. So this game was released December 11th, 2012. It was developed by Eurocom, published by Activision, and it was also released on PS3, Xbox 360, and Windows. Okay. Uh, th- it's not very often we get to talk about a franchise killer, uh, but this kind of <laughs> was. This kind of was. We Bond went from like getting yearly releases to nothing since 2012. This yeah. is the last game released. Now, they did recently announce there is another game in the works. It's called yeah. Project 007. It's being done by IO Interactive. Uh, they own the rights to the series now. But that's eight years without a Bond and game, or like, nine years without a Bond game. That now. is a long time to go without a Bond game. Like, it's not surprisingly, there are quite a number of James Bond games, but there aren't as many as you would think, I, I would say. Like, there yeah. might be like 20. There was a period. Like, that- there's much fewer packed. 
James Bond games and there was Pac-Man games. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a period post-Goldeneye. So there's many more Bomberman games than James oh, Bond. Oh, there's so many yeah. more Bomberman games. Yeah, there was a period post-Goldeneye where it, it felt like you were just kind of drowning in them. You know, yeah. EA took the license from there and just kind of ran with it. Well, and they it's, were... it's just like a slam dunk thing. They're like, well, this is a, yeah. I mean, what is more iconic of like a spy and a guy who plays with guns than James Bond? Yeah. And like the games essentially just write themselves or so it would seem. You like, can, you can either, you have so much source material to choose from. You can use the original Fleming novels. You can use the movies. You can use any one of these actors. Like, there, there's a lot of different varieties you can go with. You can here. do the weird thing that this game does. <laughs> this game, all right, yeah. Let's let's talk a little bit yeah. about this game. So I don't want to go too this much. This is a game of good idea, bad execution. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like we're we're going to be going into much much more detail about the Bond series and the whole history of it, all of that on the Ultra sixty four DD show. Sign up for just five dollars a month. Yeah, yeah. You get to listen to all all the content there, and it's there's a, there's a, a gross lot of amount of content. There's a lot time. of content on there. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll just kind of keep it brief from here. Uh, the last time we talked about Bond was The World Is Not Enough on a, a Nintendo 64, and that was just after the franchise had transitioned from Rare to EA. Uh, Rare was offered the chance to do a sequel to GoldenEye. They wanted to do Perfect Dark instead, so EA bought up the rights and started producing quite a lot of Bond content. Yeah. We got... Uh, I mean, you, yeah, yeah, one thing you can't you can't fault EA is when they have the rights to something, they make you Oh, sure. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. They're going to throw their money behind it, and yeah. they're going to produce some, you know decent-ish games. Yeah. I mean, they're fine. Competent games, yeah. Yeah, none of them are bad. Um, you know, so they did, like, uh, uh, Agent Under Fire and Nightfire yeah. and World is... No, uh, uh, everything or Nothing. So they sure. were trying for more original stories. Yep. Uh, good production values, lots of stuff blowing up. But you did start to see a little bit of a, a diminishing returns after a while. And by 2007, EA was looking to get rid of the license, and so they sold it to Activision. I feel like any... I mean... Uh, Again, we'll probably talk about this more on the Patreon, but like any game that like had any series that has like a definitive game. And this is what I kind of felt like with Contra a little bit. Yeah. It's like after we played Contra three, every game sort of after that felt like it kind of had to pay homage yeah. to that. And it was a little afraid to have its own new ideas. And I feel like the Bond series kind of has a similar thing of like yeah. once Goldeneye happened, every Bond game is like, is it going to be like another Goldeneye? And they all, it was, you you were just never able to please everyone. Because exactly. Because either, if it felt too much like Goldeneye, that's the criticism. It's like, oh, they're just recycling what Goldeneye did. And if it doesn't feel like Goldeneye, you're like, oh, like, it doesn't feel like Goldeneye. They missed that opportunity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our, I mean, I think we're going to see that as we're digging into this series. Right. But man, like, Goldeneye is so far and away, like, the epical moment of Bond in video games. Yes. It's like you have the, the, the pre-era leading up to Goldeneye yeah, and then like, everything like post the Goldeneye. Birth of it's Jesus for James Bond. It is. It, it's everything's kind of circling around that. You're either building up to it or you're living in the shadow of it. Yeah. Uh, so they they kind of got themselves in an awkward position with that. But we have some major companies with lots of money and lots of resources yeah. giving it a shot. So Activision took it over in 2007. They did four games. They did uh, a one based on Quantum of Solace, which okay. is kind of a loose adaptation of the movie. They did an original story called Bloodstone. Uh, they did a full-on remake of Goldeneye, like mm-hmm. not not the uh, Rogue Agent or whatever that sure, EA not one like was, the which is yeah, just not even really related. Uh, this was an actual full like okay, let's just stop fucking around and give people <laughs> yeah. what they want. Yeah. More Goldeneye, here you go. And then uh, this game, 007 Legends. It's weird that Activision was allowed. Like I don't know all these backstories, but it's weird that Activision was allowed to do a remake of Goldeneye. 
like to do a remake of another company's game. Like, I guess Rare doesn't like own the rights to the title, but you'd be like, I don't know. They're like, it seems like they should have some right over like this content itself. But, I'm I'm really but, curious to get to that. Are there any game? Other- because I'm I'm really curious to see how it looks. I think one of the weird things that makes Golden original Goldeneye such a a hit is that it's kind of scrappy, right? It's kind of like, yeah, it was made by this incredibly small team that was just kind of like, it had been a long time since like bond, like any, again, any pre Goldeneye game, like bond wasn't that valuable of a license. Yeah. So it felt like, Oh, a bond game. I'll give that a try. It wasn't like the new, you know, the new mortal Kombat game, which already has this established audience. Yeah. I mean, bond when, when Goldeneye came out, it was essentially a dead video game license. I mean, we hadn't had a, a, and a, a console fi- a game. dead-ish movie license, like, at that point. It was just, yeah. like, sort of a resurgence of Bond in general. Yeah, that. yeah, it all kind of came back around the same time. But it was just this, you know, the the multiplayer in GoldenEye wasn't originally supposed to be in the game, but it was <laughs> something the developers made and had so much fun playing right. that they put it into the game. And it had that kind of spirit of, like, holy shit, we made something so fun, you guys have to try it. Yeah. And then every game since then has had like a, holy shit, we need to put multiplayer in here because right. people liked it the first time. Yeah. Like, so it, it it always feels, it's fine for the most part. Like multiplayer in most of these Bond games are fine. Right. But it does feel, there's a little more of a tacked on kind of style to it. Yeah. Uh, a little bit about uh, the developers of this game, Eurocom. Uh, this is their final game. Uh, this game just it took a lot. It, wow. it, killed, it killed Eurocom, it killed Bond in games. Uh, so it's weirdly fitting because their very first game all the way back in 1991 was James Bond Jr. on the Genesis. So okay. full circle for that. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about them before on the N64. They were the developers who did uh, the console versions of Cruise and World, Duke Nukem, Hydro Thunder, and 40 Winks. Okay. Uh, they have a long history with Bond as well. They've been working on different versions of Bond games since EA took over the franchise in 2000. So they've contributed to Quantum of Solace, Nightfire, and the GoldenEye remake. R.I.P. Eurocom. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, the development of this game, this was released to coincide with the 50th anniversary of Dr. No, which is the first Bond movie in 1962. Right, right. And so, as such, it's supposed to be kind of a greatest hits, like, look at all this cool shit that Bond has done. And this game is divided into six different chapters, one for each Bond. Okay. So, so- we we have, we start with Sean Connery's Goldfinger. Mm-hmm. We go to George Lazenby's Honor Majesty's Secret Service. Roger Moore's Moonraker, Timothy Dalton's License to Kill, Pierce Brosnan's Die Another Day, and then Daniel Craig's Skyfall, uh, which was DLC on every other system, but it came packed in with this game. So what do you think? So, like, that that to me is cool. Like, that is a fun premise. Like, the idea that, like, because that's always a fun aspect of Bond is, like, ranking the different Bonds and the different eras that they come from. Yeah. And to sort of coalesce it into a greatest hits is a lot of fun. Do you think there's ever going to be like a time traveling Bond movie where like oh, Daniel God. Craig goes like how are any Daniel Craig goes back in time and meets Pierce Brosnan and then like you know digitally remastered Sean Connery shows up or something? Oh God, it's I really hope not. It sounds pretty tasteless. For the but, most part, James Bond has stayed out of like super hard sci-fi. The yeah, one exception no. would be Moonraker, which. <laughs> You know, it was reacting to Star Wars, and so we mm-hmm. had to have a scene in space with lasers. Okay. Like James Bond goes to space yeah. and bites guys on a space station. But it's like I really, I, I really like that idea of sort of going back through the different eras. But I feel like the handling of it in this is questionable to say the least. Well, okay, so like, I, I'm coming at this as like a pretty 
hardcore yeah. Bond fan, and you're like, not anyone, as much. Like, no, no, I've seen yeah. like three Bond movies. If anyone, like, this is a game made for you. Oh, like, completely. This like, like, be totally a slam dunk for you. Absolutely. You know, I've seen all of these movies multiple times, but like, and I, I, I'm looking at the selection of movies that they chose, and I'm like, all right, I feel like. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's like, I understand why, they why you choose the other them. George Lazenby movies. Well, yeah. Look, okay. George Lazenby, you've got one movie to choose from. I get that. Timothy Dalton, you have two movies to choose from. Not a whole lot to work with, but why would you go of all the Pierce Brosnan's? Why would you go die another day? Well, maybe the maybe there's a hope that this game will, I mean, there's always a hope that this game will be a success, but yeah. there's a belief that this game will be a success. And then you can just basically reuse the formula. Like you want like a couple like slam dunks in there, like uh Goldfinger. It's sure. Like, Goldfinger. That's what you're going to start with. Makes total sense. Um, the the one thing that you should know about this, like if you're going into this game, it's like, oh yeah, that sounds fun. We're going to play all the different bonds. You're not going to play all the different bonds. You're going right. to play Daniel Craig. Uh, they just kind of retrofit the entire, all these other movies to be all Daniel Craig. And, and which it, is irritating to me as a fan because there's a lot of controversy among the James Bond fan community. <laughs> it is... Bondos. The Bondies. The, 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 the bondage, bondage community. Yeah, the bond of the BDSM. Yeah. Bond uh, does super math. I don't know. I bond, couldn't think of the yeah, M. Sure. Um, Hard to come up with acronyms. But like, it's, it's kind of the question of, all right, is this supposed to be the same guy? Or is James Bond 007 like a mantle that is passed it has on? To like be it's a the code second name. one. Like it can't be the that's same guy. That's my thing. Like that's anyone who thing. says it's the same guy, that's ridiculous. Which is why you have like the same money penny across multiple bonds, but you only have, but you have different bonds, right. you know? Well, and and it's some why, fans don't like this idea, but like I feel like that's the only way. And it otherwise, makes sense James Bond is like 80 years old at this point. Right. Like, right. It's, yeah, that's absurd. And so. But that's what, like, they're not able to balance it in this game because they're like, I, to I, I get the pers the idea of like it's all Daniel Craig because a, you have when whenever you put um a famous person in your game, you have to pay both for their likeness, like yeah. that's a separate thing, and see if they want to appear in the game to like do voice acting. And at this time, all six Bonds were alive. We've okay. since lost Roger Moore and Sean Connery, but all six were alive. They're all pretty cranky, and they all demand a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. So. And, like, they didn't even have the budget to, like, they paid for uh, Daniel Craig's likeness, but they didn't pay for him to talk. No, no, um, they got they got a character actor named Tim Watson to come in and do the voice here. And, like, and, I mean, the other part of it, too, is, you know, this is all going to be tied in, like, we want to promote the new movies, and so we want to sell, like, Daniel Craig as Bond. Yeah. But the then the other aspect of that is that, yeah, this game has that other theory of Bond is all just one person. Yeah. Which means everything has to take place, like, within one person's lifetime, which means it all kind of is modern and loose. Like, it doesn't look like Goldfinger. Like, the set, like, the plot is the same yeah. as, like, what was happening in Goldfinger, but it looks like it's a modern, like you know, chemical gas factory, you know, wherever, right. where, where, where do you develop your uh, chemical gas? Steve? Sure. At a chemical gas yeah, factory. Where else would you do it? You go to the factory. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we're, we're missing. Yeah, you were exactly right. We're missing that like 1964, like that Ken Adam, like a uh, uh, visual design kind of thing with the padded like leather walls and everything like that. You know, you, you want that kind of sixties flavor. Well, and that's what would have been fun and cool about this game is to see how those things change over time. Like if they had all leaned in very much more to their own time and film and actors aesthetic. Yeah. Like the levels would have seemed more unique, but the fact, since they were trying to merge them all into one aesthetic, they just lose a lot of character. And basically what you get is just a game that looks like Call of Duty because yes. 
we're opening uh, with Bond storming Goldfinger's facility, and he does so by launching an EMP bomb that eliminates the 50 or 60 like F1 fighter jets that Goldfinger has parked in his parking lot. And like, don't you remember that scene from that movie from 1968? Sure, yeah, right? of course. There was F1 fighter jets. Yeah, yeah, it was my favorite scene in the EMP bomb and all that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, like, but it, everything just looks very sterile and bland well, and it's and just ever it's just corridors this one other thing like the way that this game is structured you're not just like it's not just like a history of like bond going through these different times in his life no it's, it's stupid sitcom bullshit yeah. it's it's fred flintstone getting bonked with a bowling ball and having like a, a fucking clip show episode you know yeah. it's we you open with the uh the scene from skyfall where he's fighting with patrice on the train money penny has to take a shot to stop the whatever and she hits bond and he falls off the bridge and so that's where the game takes place is that he's having this like life flashing before his eyes moment as he's drowning in this river and like here's the thing this is something i think about whenever a game takes place in someone's head there was what was that game oh crap oh yeah it was um earthworm gym 3d yeah it was earthworm gym 3d <laughs> no it was uh prince of persia the sands of time oh yeah, yeah. which actually that, that that game's kind of a bad example because it actually handled it very well and it's but, a great game and it yeah. is a great game but like he's telling the story to you after it's completed yeah and so if you die he'll be like no 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 it didn't happen like that yeah, Let yeah, me yeah restart but what it brought to my attention is that it's really weird when a game is taking place in a character's <laughs> head or something Remember like that. Remember that time I died. Yeah, exactly, because you're like, <laughs> I can't lose because I know the outcome of this. Like, how how are you ever failing? Like, is James Bond, like, imagining himself dying here and being like, oh, wait, that's not how it worked. He just I had a low... actually get shot in the head there. He had a like, low self-esteem day. Yeah. It's just like, oh, I wish that bullet had killed me. Yeah, Man. exactly. Like, yeah, that's a good point. And that's so It is very odd. That's going to bother me now. <laughs> but, I mean, it is, it is this incredibly feeble way of like trying to string all these stories but it together because it's just like super duper unnecessary because you've already made the conceit that this is all the same person yeah and and like they're not super accurate to the movies like no. so just like tinker around with it and you know complete the missions that were from goldfinger and then you know m gives you a new mission that's yeah. from, from her majesty's secret service like it, it should all be easy it gives you kind of a loose interpretation of some of the big set pieces of the movie so each each uh, level, uh, each each level is a movie. Like, and you get about two longish stages per movie, maybe about two hours total for like a whole segment. Okay. So you get a like, uh, ten hour game. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So like, you go from one section to another, and it's just basically encapsulating two different uh, set pieces. The first one is storming Goldfinger's uh, compound, and then the second one is after you discover his plans in Operation Grand Slam, you have to go to Kentucky and storm Fort Knox and stop okay, him from sure. irradiating all the world's gold. <laughs> and then you get the moments of, like, the crotch laser. Wait, is that really and, like, the plan of Goldfinger's plan? He's going to ir irradiate all the world's gold? Yeah. What is he, that going to accomplish for it's, him? It's going to make his collection of gold the most valuable in the world. Okay. And so, like, he sets the new gold standard now. I got it. You know, he loves gold. Sure. Loves gold. Like like a gold member after him. <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah. a like a dad watching late night TV. <laughs> he loves gold. <laughs> Wait, I'm not sure I get that. Oh, it's what just was... like the if you're watching uh like Fox News or whatever, they're just advertising oh, right. to like buy gold. Like they're that's always the primary to sell their gold. of someone who's gonna buy gold. Yeah, well yeah, I now I am th starting to think Goldfinger runs those ads. Yeah, He's just like, oh, I want to buy your gold. Yeah. Yes. Gold never loses value. No, send me your teeth. I, I also just really like the idea that um 
I mean, hold on. I I really like the idea that the world is going to collapse, but I sure. like the idea that there's people like these preppers who are just these people who are like, thank goodness I've hoarded all this gold. And then like society collapses and they're like, wait, um, you're, you're using bottle caps? What? Yeah, you're like, like, yeah, yeah. You're what like, are we doing? This gold I have. And you're like, yeah, we don't give a shit. Do you have food? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, but I have a lot of gold. I guess I'll trade it for that can of chili. I guess I'll, like, I'll, I'll melt it down and scrape some on a uh, fancy ice cream, yeah. I guess. You can eat that. Why not? It'll sure. sustain you for a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a flawed plan that Goldfinger has. But yeah, so you you play that segment, and then you you have a really lame boss battle, and then you move on to the next movie. Like there's a shimmery image as Bond is drowning. You're essentially in the opening credits of Skyfall the entire time. Like yeah. that's that's what's happening. So this game, like I mean, Bond is a Renaissance man. He does he does many things, and he does them well. Mm-hmm. Be it drinking martinis or fucking women. Sure, like he he's a consummate pro. Yeah. Um, and this game tries to mimic a lot of those things, not. Not all of them, but yeah. um, press X to fuck women. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like rather than just running around and only shooting dudes, this game is kind of has like stealth elements and like first person punching elements. Yeah. A punching simulator. <laughs> sure. And um, mini games, irritating visor elements. Yeah. Um, I've learned that just a general pet peeve of mine originated from Metroid Prime is having to switch between different view visors. And um, now I appreciate that, yeah. like, especially in, I think Metroid Prime handles it better than most. Like yeah. Metroid Prime. It just and feels like it Arkham slows Asylum. everything down to me. Like, I don't know why I can't just, like, highlight something from my standard vi- yeah. view. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, you mean like switching vibes? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I that's... just want to see like a thing that should be occupying my attention instead of having to switch back and forth. Yeah. Uh, but it's like none of these ideas are well fleshed out. Like the stealth, like the stealth is just terrible. Yeah, um, we were we were talking about this because as soon as somebody sees you, it's just over. There's no getting back into stealth. No. And the control, you have like a little watch that has a movement detector. But when you ha- are looking at your watch, you also can't hold a gun because apparently James Bond needs to two hands to look at his watch. Yeah. He's got well, he's fancy two handed watch. That's his that's his thing. Like people don't they don't talk about it much in the movies, but he has a very, very delicate wrist. Yeah, so he has uh, to support it with his other arm. He does. He needs, to, he needs to grip it or else he's going to get like a real bad carpal tunnel. Wrist and then elbow, it's, just, it's called. Yeah, exactly. And then he can't press X at all. Like yeah. no fucking women. Uh, yeah, it, uh, we were talking about that because like. James Bond, Super Spy, there are very few games that actually incorporate stealth elements because, right. I mean, Bond's more about big flashy set pieces yeah. more than sneaking around. You know, that's at the end of the day, that just makes more sense for the character. And, but I think there's room. There's room to introduce a stealth element. And I think, I haven't played it yet, but I think Bloodstone, which is like a third person action game, it's more of a cover shooter, but I think it does incorporate some stealth but elements. But in here it like comes like very arbitrarily because there's like a section where you just be running through and blowing dudes away in typical Bond style. But then you get to another section where they're like, you can't use your guns here. And you're like, great, why not? Sure. Like, who <laughs> is like, there, thanks, there was, game. There was one moment. So they introduced the stealth element and then you go into this room that's just positively teaming with guys. All right. You have a silenced weapon, but it still seems to alert people. You, if you have shoot to. You anyone. have to put down your watch to pick up the silenced weapon. Yes, yes, <laughs> and you don't just get to like project the character's movements on the actual radar you have on the screen. Right. You need to use your watch, which is dumb. Uh, but you also need to be aware of like where bodies are landing and and things like that. But you have no control over that. You can't pick anybody up and move them. You can't hide them in the shadows. 
So stealth is very, very much an afterthought. I mean, it's kind of, I, I would say, like, the, the idea behind stealth is, like, take out, like, two or three guys if you can in stealth, and then, like, you're just going to get into a firefight again. Like, to actually make it through in stealth seems like a fool's errand. There are occasionally sections where you are required to use stealth for the story to advance. You found one of those sections. You need to literally walk past two guys and that's it. Like, they're not looking at you, and even if they were, the AI in this game is pretty wretched, so they're not really going to notice But then you. there's another section where a guy sort of accosts you in an elevator, and you have to punch him out. Like, you can't just shoot him in the head, because there's, they need to do that punch-out mini-game where you press up on the right stick, or, like, it, it yeah, shows you sort of this weak point, and, and it just is where you hit. Like, this game has a whole bunch of, like, text on the screen, like, way way more than you would think from a modern game. I feel like that's a general push towards modern games. It's like, yeah. how can we minimize text on the screen and just make the cleanest interface we can? Whenever you go up to a door, it's like hold Y to open door. And everything's or, hold Y. That's how you yeah. pick up your weapons. That's how you interact or, with things. Yeah, and it's just weird that like everything is done in text instead of like a little icon of like pick this up or like a door opening. Yeah. Or like whenever you go next to a box, it's like hold B to vault over box. And it's like, do you need all this text? Like all the time? It, yeah. yeah. It, it, it makes it's, it feel very gamey. It's very handholdy too. Like yeah. they, they put these waypoints into the game. It's like, it's one of those things where like you have to cross, <clears throat> you have to enter a door that's across like a warehouse but you're going to have four check marks between you and that door in this empty warehouse. You know, it's like every 20 feet, you're going to get another check mark. Well, and then there's a weird section of you played through like the first half of the first level, just like, you know, blowing guys away. Yeah. Um, and then you get to a level where the guy explains stealth, but then he proceeds to explain how to actually shoot enemies normally. And yeah, like, that was part of the stealth tutorial. Yeah. And you're like, what do you think I've been doing for the past 10 minutes? Yeah. And he, 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 they were like, make sure to check your gun and make sure you have enough ammunition before firing. It's like, Thanks, Fucking game. I figured, yeah, like I know how so that, much. I know the concept of guns and ammunition. Yeah, I, I play. I know how James Bond works. Seriously, and like I feel like that's a sign that your your stealth is broken when your stealth tutorial is telling you. Oh, by the way, sometimes you just have to say fuck it and just ignore yeah, these stupid once, shit. Once you inevitably get seen and just shoot it, guys. This is how you do that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, there's all these sort of other elements, and like the and another one. It's like you have this phone that you can switch between um using the wii u gamepad or the control pad um and like you have to switch to these different kind of visors like one of them is like take pictures of these gas containers but i couldn't figure out how to do it and it's like oh you have to kill all the enemies before you can take pictures sure it's like thanks game you have all this you have layers of text for everything else why not give me a layer of text that tells me that yeah um and then one of them is like use this other one to detect poison gas it was literally and then, like, this strain of gas went up the hallway to this other door. Which There's we, no other possible way for you to go. Yeah, it's like, okay. follow the line of gas down this flat hallway to the only other door in the hallway. And the gas doesn't affect you. Yeah, he's like, like, you can walk in it. Don't touch the nerve gas. It will kill you instantly. So immediately, I walk into the nerve gas, and nothing, nothing happens. Nothing happens. <laughs> like, what is the point? I mean, I get you want to introduce the mechanics, but introduce it in a way that's going to make sense. Like... You're going this direction. This doesn't change anything for you. Having this visor on did not enhance your experience whatsoever. No. You know, you walked 20 feet into the next room. And then you see like a, a really kind of shitty uh, pussy galore recreation. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that. And you can tell certain actors allowed their licenses and certain didn't. Uh, I know Honor Black, when he plays pussy galore, is dead now. But uh very random cast of people who showed up in this movie. So people who did White show Halle up. White Halle Berry. Yeah, we have White Halle Berry, very randomly. 
Uh, some of the people who did actually reprise their roles and their likeness, uh, Michael Lonsdale plays Drax in Moonraker, Carrie Lowell, who plays the uh, Bond girl in Lessons to Kill, uh, Oscar nominee Naomi Harris, Oscar nominee Judy Dench, Richard Keel is credited as himself in this movie, but he plays Jaws, who does not speak and oh. doesn't even really grunt. Sure. He just gnashes his well, jaws. I mean, they got his likeness. They got his license, but like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess he gets, just gets credit for that, whether he does the voice or not. But I've, Daniel Craig offers his license to, likeness too, but doesn't get credit because it's not his voice. Oh, I see, I see. I just like I imagine the, the Jaws actor coming in and just gritting his teeth. And yeah. Like, All right, you're done. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Got what we needed. Thank you, thank you. Right, we widened the door for this. Come on, he's yeah. a tall man. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of a random selection of which ones show up, but you do get to see some of the other character models when you are playing the multiplayer. Do you want to talk a little bit about this multiplayer? Well, yeah. I mean, a little. But I feel like the important thing that we have sort of glossed over is oh, yeah. that there's all these other gameplay elements here, but like the vast majority of the time, you're just going to be shooting dudes, and the shooting dudes in this game is bad. It's just it's straight just, up bad. It's it's got a little bit of the. I mean, this is, I think this is done in the Call of Duty engine. Like, it okay. looks, it looks like Call of Duty, it kind of plays like it, but, but it's it like. But it plays like real shitty Call of Duty. It plays like, it like underwater. plays like Call of Duty where, like, your computer can't handle it. It's like, you're trying to play the new Call of Duty on your, like, 2013, like, Lenovo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like the frame rate is not quite clicking. Yeah. All the textures are super blurry. I mean, this, this game looks like shit. It looks terrible. It looks like, it looks like a PS2 game yeah. uh, that's warmed over, like. I was actually playing GoldenEye Rogue Agent on my PS2 just to kind of, I had it on the shelf. I'm like, all right, we're going to be talking about these. I'll yeah. see what this one's about. I I want to say that game looks better than this. Yeah, it's- like the game that preceded it by like at least seven years and one full console generation. I think it looks worse. And I imagine, like I haven't played this game on any of the other consoles, but I imagine that this is a real lazy port job. Like this as, um, is a very early game in the Wii U catalog. Yeah. Um, before sort of people had a good idea of what it was. And the result is a lot of the gamepad stuff is sort of shoehorned in. Yeah. Um, you can't play the one-player game on the gamepad. Maybe no. you can. I don't know. I don't think you but, can because you need it for, like, switching between your different phone filters and your gadgets Right, and which, like again, that. drove me nuts because every time that there's press a button on the Wii U gamepad, I have to look down at it when I'm not looking at the screen, and it just is very irritating. Yeah. Anyway... Your gun's just all like here. I'm gonna do Woody's one of Woody's famous patented impressions. Okay. Guess, ready. guess, guess what gun I am. Okay. You're you're a you're a I'm, silence. I'm every gun in this game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, you start with this sort of PP7, which like when you compare it, like the PP7 in GoldenEye is great. It's sure. very satisfying to use. Like, pew, pew, pew. yeah. It's just it. It feels it feels sleek. It looks sleek. It feels sleek. Here, it just feels like you're shooting pellets. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I like that to me. Like that's the easiest baseline of your first person shooter. Like go play play Goldeneye and play Halo. If your gun feels like the pistol in that, mm-hmm. you're doing it right. Yeah, yeah. But like if Absolutely. you did, if you're not meeting that metric. People, Start over. People should be debating whether or not the gu- first gun in the game is like your best gun. Yes. Like the pistols, people should just be arguing. The pistol like, and Halo is still the gold standard of quality pistols it's the best in pistol. games. Yeah. It's the best pistol. It, it's great. Yeah. Um, and it's just like that That plagues this game the whole time is you're just using these super sort of wimpy guns. Um, the, the, the Call of Duty thing where you press uh, L to sort of zoom in gives you a real generous amount of auto aim. Yeah, it, like, it kind of snaps you to the character, right, but then but your regular your regular gun is very inaccurate if you're like not using that and it's just it, okay, 
this controller feels like shit in this game. I am kind of. It just feels so unnatural to have yeah. your hands at the s- same horizontal, like the same layout, but like so far apart. It feels very weird. I, I do kind of want to track this down if I can find it like for free somewhere on I'm PS3 sure or something. You can. Like, I don't <laughs> I know. Like, can't I can't imagine this game's very valuable. No, like, I, I want to try it on PS3 and Xbox to see if it's any better. Yeah. I kind of suspect this this is just like an underpowered port, but it still plays very poorly. Yes. And like, we, we talked a little bit about it on the first episode of Wii Universe where big labels like EA and Activision, they, they, released a couple ports like this right at the beginning of the Wii U life life cycle. And then they just bailed on it. Like when it wasn't an immediate out of the box hit, they bailed. Uh, And this feels like a, it's a pilot, you know, this is the canary you put down in the, into the mine. But it's you like, know? it's like a skeletal, it's like a already half dead canary where yeah. they're like, and they're and then it dies and they're like, oh, we got to get out of here. And it's like, well, maybe if you had put like a fully featured healthy canary with multiplayer and like good graphics, it would have, um, it would have yeah. lived longer. But like, they just sort of do these half hearted ports that no one likes. And they're like, oh, the Wii U sucks. It's like, well, who's to blame? You just made a shitty game. Yeah. I'm like, I can't, I like judging from reviews i've read that the other versions of this aren't really good mm-hmm. you know like they're still kind of bland boring games it's but, just very uh, surprising that like i'm I'm not a call of duty player but like that, those games feel good to play like yeah. your guns have impact you move very quickly blazing frame rate like yeah. it, they look great and this this game just feels so haphazard and like clunky and it actually makes me worried about what the call of duties of games that we're going to play on this show are going to look oh, like like because i imagine yeah. I hope they don't have the same issues. Like I would imagine with their flagship franchise, they would put a little more effort behind it, but I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, yeah, now, Um, now we can talk now that we have established that this game is not fun. Let's talk about how it is not fun, but with mold, with your friends. Exactly. You can can enjoy the not fun with your friends. Yeah. Bring, bring your friends over to not have fun. (laughs) Uh, like I frequently do with you. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you come over so often. Um, yeah. So the multiplayer is pretty much, exactly what you expect it does offer online support for up to 12 people but uh we is down so sure. there's no more online support on this particular platform so yeah you got your standard modes you run around you shoot the other person there's four player local yeah but what which is just called conflict yeah yeah um there's a weird uplink mode where you just have to stay alive for this meter at the top to go all the way to 100 percent. yeah but if you die it goes back to zero yeah the other person can pick up your phone and get a little boost to their meter but it is very dull and takes very long. It's very frustrating because, again, like Call of Duty, you die super fast in this yeah. game. Like, that catches me by surprise because I always associate, like, Goldeneye with, oh, like, Bond can take, like, 15 bullets yeah. before he goes down. Yeah, yeah. But, like, here you just, like, get annihilated. Blap, um, blap, dead. Yeah. Um, what are So there are a couple cool modes here. Like, you can set up the multiplayer where one player can play on the gamepad. The yeah. other person or people can use the TV. Which is well- I do like that as an idea. Yeah. And like this, the I played on the gamepad and it it looks extra shitty on the <laughs> sure. gamepad. So like it's not super fun to play. But as an idea, like that. Oh helps. yeah, like 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 it regularly is so super fun to play. Like that. Oh was yeah, the one no, thing no. I mean, back. look, we, I was looking at your screen. It's like this looks shitty too. Like everyone's <laughs> yeah. hands just look like giant pieces of ham. But like you know, it it's better. It looks uh, better. And what was cool is there were a couple modes in there that are set up for four players that are asymmetrical. Like yeah. one person will play as Bond and have to deactivate these bombs and then the other three people have to defend the bombs from them which works well because then the player could use the gamepad i guess you don't necessarily need the gamepad for that no but it gives it an own unique 
feel like those seemed fun yeah but you can only kind of play them with four people otherwise. i realize that's totally unbalanced one of my favorite like I, I, as i'm getting older and realizing i like asymmetrical uh multiplayer games a little more than like yeah. competitive ones for some reason i think there's just more room for creativity in the way that you approach your missions and everything like that well this game also has a weird dynamic speaking of asymmetry of you there's a character and loadout select for all these yeah. multiplayer things so you can pick through all of these characters from bond's history and most of them have weird like they all have their own unique powers and skill sets. Like some people have more grenades. Some people like can see farther on the radar. Some people's health recharges faster. Yeah. Some people drain health from your opponents. And like, that's a weird kind of interesting thing, but it's also, I don't know if you don't, I guess you could ignore this by just picking like this sort of unnamed characters. Like there's two characters named breeder, which is yeah. very odd. I don't remember but- which uh, which one of these stories had like someone this, who would this be a breeder? This ain't James Bond XXX parody. <laughs> <laughs> they brought in those characters. All yeah. right. They really, they really breached from far James Schlong. I assume <laughs> yeah, is what exactly. it would be called. I don't know. No, that was pretty uh, good. For, um, but like, yeah, that that's the weird thing about like the idea of having characters with special powers is not a bad one. Like, but every character should be like that because then you have like this these two dozen anonymous characters who don't have any but I guess like it would be a way to like, balance if you say no one can use special powers you'll have to pick the anonymous characters. I guess that's but fair. it's weird that there's there maybe is I don't know we we don't explore all this stuff all that much in depth before we talk about it for an hour well I mean but we, like we got bored there, that's yeah, the thing no, this did, multiplayer is sluggish like so so slow like you you commented that your sprint speed it's still too slow, but that should be closer to what your standard walking yeah. speed is. And I believe I remember like one playing of the characters. Fucking, everyone's the white, gone to the, the white Halle Berry character. Her special yeah. power is she can sprint forever, which means other characters you have like a stamina, like, and it's like I just, I just let me run, game. Let me yeah. move at the speed I want to move. Yeah. yeah, yeah, seriously. It's like if you ever go back and play the original Diablo, and you realize that you can't run in that game, and you're like, oh my god, I just oh, have to right. walk everywhere. It's very, it feels very weird. Yeah. Um. But it's yeah, though the the environments are very big. Um and I mean it's it's the same problem you experience playing like original Goldeneye with two people. Is yeah, you just spend a lot of time running around, but then the, the actual firefights are over so quickly. The that- yeah, every match will open with like a rousing section of the score, you know, and they're using David Arnold's score from these movies, but like it'll go away after two seconds and then you're just you can hear little footfalls in your cavernous, like empty yeah. multiplayer yeah. arena as you're walking around. You had time to read all the different labels in the vending machines. Yeah, before you and and you were like attempting to shoot background and like nothing. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Like just to give an idea of like the lack of polish and detail here, we went into this bar in this ice hotel. Yeah, and there's just bottles. Um, like you know, because it's a bar. Sure. And look, you're playing a first person shooter. There's bottles. You gotta be able to shoot the bottles. Look, like, I'm sorry. That, that's just fundamental first person shooter 101. It's it's one of those things like I I wouldn't notice it's, it. It's in the constitution. I wouldn't notice it if it was there. But the fact that it's not there, like I'm noticing it because every other game just does it. You know, right. it's like it's it's just a little attention to detail. It's just filling your space with debris and kind of makes it more interesting and makes it more immersive. Yeah, so there'll just be bottles up against the wall and I just unloaded an AK into those bottles and nothing happens. They and it just, just sit it, there. It just takes away like, I don't know, it, there's a there's a logical gap there, you know? It's like you, you should, it takes you out of it like yeah. in a stupid way. It's just, it's so odd to me that this game reeks of such a feeling of laziness because the premise is fairly ambitious. Like we're going to buy, I don't know. It's like this idea of, 
this is going to be the end all be all of Bond games. Yeah, this like, is this is encapsulating of, 50 years of this iconic character. Right. And, and it, it seems, just feels so tossed off. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what's so weird to me. It's like I get that you have budget constraints on not being able to buy everyone and like do all of this stuff. But also but you're like, fucking Activision. Like, yeah. You have so you much money. Literally like the two, mo- two of the most popular games in the world. And I'm <laughs> I'm I mean, I'm I'm. I doubt that the games that they made, the Bond games that Activision made, were big hits. Well, like, clearly not. If clearly they had not. been, they wouldn't be making more of them. The fact that there's a GoldenEye reboot that people forget about is kind of indicative. Yeah, like, that's true. like that shouldn't be something people are just like, oh wait, did that happen? Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah the, so. the, the spinoff Rogue Agent, I feel like, is more well known than the actual remake. Yeah. So I think they they were probably kind of at the end of their patience with the franchise. Yeah. Like, I think it just didn't pay off for them in the way maybe, it did. Maybe Eurocom was sort of going down before this game was even finished. It could and be. the sense of, okay, we're like, let's just get this out here. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, IO Interactive is taking over the franchise now. What does IO do again? They're Hitman, Hitman right? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Which I think people really like those new Hitman games. I, I keep hearing. They're generally regarded as very good. So. I haven't played them. I keep and hearing they're great. you know what? Yeah. Hitman into Bond, like, perfect. perfect. Because that's... Yeah. You know, that for all the success like that Goldeneye has, like that game isn't necessarily like true to all that Bond is because you spend no. so much time just blasting dudes. Sure. Whereas yeah. something like Hitman could be a lot more true to like the Bond spirit. It could, That's you like, know, you could kind of uh, make a modern rendition of what the Mission Impossible N64 mm-hmm. game was trying to do, yeah. like where you have the mix of like stealth and action and like walking around in disguises, talking to people at parties. Well, I like, think that is kind of what Hitman is already, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fits Bond so well, so I'm optimistic about it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, you know, this isn't a franchise that's going anywhere, you know? <laughs> Bond exactly. has been consistently popular for six decades now, like, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bummer that this was the last kind of wet fart of a game that they sort of ended on, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we just haven't, this, this, series that was getting annual or biannual releases is just kind of gone yeah um yeah. but yeah i'm hoping it's going to be back to form with io and uh have we covered this game do we have anything else you want to say about this one before uh, we move on no, to our we rankings can move on to our rankings but we are yeah I, I get the feeling we're still going to be in lockstep on our rankings i, I think we are we have um, we each have we have three games it's always in the show. nice at the beginning when i can actually remember the list without having to look at your phone it's great uh, yeah, yeah yeah oh i mean we're gonna surprise no i'm just calling i'm calling yours this is my new magic trick okay uh, mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. both of our lists are Shovel Knight, Nintendo Land, uh, whatever the the James Bond Legends. Yes, oh, correct. Oh, I forgot to mention this game has very long load times, and very you long. fucking die a lot. You do. Okay, I'm sorry. I know. Let's step back. Yeah. The point is, we don't like this game, but Not we're going good. back to talking about it more. And Her Majesty's Secret Service, there's like this terrible ski level. Oh God, we missed that. Yeah, where yeah. It, like you de- you described it. You said it feels like it should be an on rail shooter because you're controlling your gun, but you all it's not. You have to control your skis and like dodge trees in as you're trying to go around and shoot things. Yeah. And as soon as you hit one thing, you just you've lost. Because, Whether you die or not, you're dead. Like you, cause because because you have it, to keep up with your wife who's on the snowmobile, and then she just keeps going away like if you hit one thing you're like oh she got away and it's like yeah. even if you shot all these vending it's terrible i mean fundamentally you're at a disadvantage you are on skis these four people are on snowmobiles yeah. that have gas engines that are accelerating away from you it's just like the controls are not right because you're basically controlling your aim and then the skis sort of slowly turn the direction you're looking but yeah. you're not actually controlling like bond himself i don't know it, it's, and it's, it's interesting because 
Also, weirdly, this is the only time that uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service was ever referenced in a video game, like mm. even a little bit. Uh, people don't like that movie for some weird reason. Like, I, I think it's great. Th those, I don't know, like skiing and shooting stuff is, should be awesome. Like that should be a go-to. That it, that reminds me too, because I did play ahead a little bit so that we could get to that Honor mm -hmm. Majesty's Secret Service. So I played through the Goldfinger mission. It, it culminates in a boss fight with Oddjob, who mm -hmm. is, you know, the, the signature henchman from the Goldfinger movie. And they're trying to recreate the fight in the movie, which ends with him tossing his metal hat into the wall and then Kung Bond Lowing electrocutes it. it. And yeah. And like, but it, it, the whole fight with Oddjob is that stupid little punch out mini game. Right. Which means it's a quick time event, which means it's pretty much impossible to lose unless you're just <laughs> not paying attention. The prompts appear on screen. When it says press R up, you press R up. And then it's pretty much on rails from there. Yeah. So like the the potential fun you could have had from an odd job boss fight is it's gone. Like it sucks. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's just always surprising to me when like games like as other games have done this well. It's just like play Chronicles of Riddick and rip off that first person punching. Come on, it's it yeah, so good. Just play fight night. Like they make it easy. Other games know how to do this. I don't know. Yeah. All right, we move on. No more. We'll move no on. More, yes. No more Bond. So it, our, unless... our our rankings are for both of us. Yeah. Number a top game right now, Shovel Knight, followed by Nintendo Land, followed by 007 Legends. Yes. Not good. Uh, I I'm curious where this is going to end up in the overall arc. This yeah. This feels like a pretty low point so far, but yeah, well, uh, I think we're going to get lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think how low can we go? Is the uh, theme of this show oh, um, that and I, yeah. yeah and one, one, one more plug if you liked us talking about James Bond you should subscribe to the Patreon because we're going to be doing so much of it yeah and other other game series will come next and that's been a fun thing but the more listeners we have the more uh, excitement and energy we can bring to that as well absolutely yeah and if you uh, help us get our Patreon support up to $400 a month then we're going to make that Ultra 64 DD a weekly show. We'll be getting yeah. through those shows a lot faster. We'll get them through a different series. Uh, it's just going to be a lot of fun, and we're, we're primed and ready to do it. So uh, uh, head over to patreon.com slash ultra 64 pod. Get used to us plugging this more. We're going to plug it more. We're going to be we, – we're we bad money. about it. We're poor. Well, it's not even that. It's just going to be like – I forget to plug stuff. Like, I don't know. We got to be yeah, better about that's that. That's true. If someone wants to sponsor us to plug it less, we'll do that. Do it. Yeah, we'll do that <laughs> okay, too. We'll replace it with uh, Casper Casper ads. Yeah, why not? Why um, not? All um, right. Let's well, let's let's move on here to everyone's favorite section mm, of the show. Yeah. I, I know we missed it last week, and I apologize for that. Oh man, I was um, upset. Yeah, I know. But we're coming back. We're catching up on. I don't even remember what I titled this part of the show. Was it the Prince Valiant Corner? Prince Valiant Corner. Sure. Val I was going to say the Prince Valiant Minute, but it usually takes. Well, it took I don't a know. minute. It was pretty fast last time. Yeah, we don't we don't have a you so only done it once. So yeah, I'm sure you remember where we left the story last time, Steve, which was only like a month ago. He right? was getting his haircut. I That's think. right. He, yeah. was, he was getting his haircut. He was. Um, no, we had, uh, basically these kings of, uh, boy, I don't even remember either. This is dudes <laughs> on a sailboat and they've escaped, uh, getting sort of usurped from the fields of England. And then they're entering, uh, new sailboats continue next week and they see, uh, you know, I maybe haven't thought out this uh, section of the show. Yeah, fully. yeah, maybe it's not. You, you don't I think don't so? Well, write it, write in, listeners. Tell us <laughs> you if you want to know more Prince Valiant. You know, think if reading but, esoteric yeah. comic strips from the 20s is, fits in with our video game yeah. theme show? Sure. So there's these bunch of dudes on a cliff, like the Scottish, uh, you know, the Braveheart types. And Thems, then, yeah, the brave, the fighting Bravehearts. The fighting Bravehearts. And then these uh, Englishmen are coming off and getting in a war with them and... Uh, 
basically what happens is the Scottish people says they're given a choice to live in peace on an island far out in the great fens or to fight against hopeless odds, remembering his wife and boy, the king chooses the grant of the land. So now basically this king has been, um, by the Scottish natives, has been sent out to live in the swamp where he will forge his new kingdom. When and, when was this strip published? Uh, I think the thir- late 30s. Okay. I, I, I was just thinking how, like, Man, it it took a lot less to entertain people back then. Like well, that's a that's a full page color spread of just exposition, and then tune in true. next week for more exposition. I imagine thirty seven is when this is from. Jesus. Okay. Um, though you know, for what it's worth, like I just ordered at uh, the library using your tax dollars at work. I interlibrary loaned the complete uh, funky Winker Bean collection. Man, there that are, is one funky Winker Bean. The black comics would go on since like the seventies, but like there's a lot of soap opera comics that I have just totally missed out on because they're weird. They're trash, yeah. But, Mm. like, where nothing happens, and, like, I just like that that trend has continued. Like, really, like, Prince Valiant is action-packed. Like, the amount of work in a Prince Valiant compared to, like, a Mary Worth is... Yeah, like, Funky Winkerbeam was, like, a serial it was like a yeah. serial like there there was an ongoing thread funky like win- they, they, they were funky winker beanos i don't think like, i've ever actually read an issue of or like a strip of that that funky was in like no, i don't know i don't, think so either. I don't know the, is funky a character uh, yeah he's got to be a character okay because i don't I, think wh- i've ever seen one why else him. would you title a strip funky winker bean if he was not a character <laughs> i thought it was just the, the author's name for his penis i don't know like i just assumed <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. all right well everyone well thank you for listening we are ultra 64 podcast you don't on all different hear, social media if you don't want to hear more prince valiant write us letters so we can do that instead of uh we can read we, we, i love prince valiant i don't really but i would <laughs> rather i would rather get reader mail yeah to, to enjoy than uh prince send, valiant. send those along ultra 64 podcast at gmail.com still the same email address from last time so mm-hmm. please send those along uh, be sure to tune in next week. We are talking about a little game, uh, one of the first of many that we're going to be talking about in this series, uh, Lego Jurassic World. Oh, neat. Yeah, so it gives us a good chance to talk about Jurassic Park on this show, which I've never had the chance to, and now I'm salivating at sure. the idea. Uh, I Legos, which I have had the chance to talk about, but I we will have, happily but do again. Mo- we, we haven't talked about this style of Lego game. Like yeah. We haven't encountered it before, That's and I, I love this style. So um, tune in next week. Lego Jurassic World. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so we will see you next time. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba-da-ba-da-da. <laughs> Turn from like Bond theme to like uh, vaudeville. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna wake up, yes and no. I-